Thing goes up in flames and it smells like fucking burnt hair everywhere. And then one of the French guys points to the other guy who, or one of his team members has a really hairy chest. And after I did my arm, he's like, Victor, lève ton chandail. Guy lifts his shirt, puts axe on it, and it fucking engulfs in flames. And at this point, I'm like, all right, well, you guys want to do that? Well, I'm going to do my ass. Hello and welcome to 2 Beers Till Takeoff, the podcast inspired by conversations overheard at the airport bar. Join Phil as he grabs a couple of beers and chats with interesting people from around the world, sharing expert knowledge and hilarious stories that you won't find in your guidebook. So pull up a stool and get ready for an adventure as we explore worlds of travel and beyond with 2 Beers Till Takeoff. Four hours in a Taliban headquarters. I had dog meat in Laos. It was a golden retriever. Smack a dirty old smooch <laughs> on our beautiful fish right here. He didn't die, but he fell down the side of the mountain. Hey, what is going on? My name is Phil, and this is Two Beers Still Take Off. In this episode, get ready for something new and exciting. I'll be sharing one of the craziest stories ever, and also you'll get the chance to actually see the footage. This story is probably one of the grossest stories that I have. And actually, when I started Two Beers Still Take Off, I identified this one as one that was too fucked up to tell. And I decided that I wasn't going to do it. Uh, lucky for you guys, though, I'm coming back from a trip and I'm a bit shorthanded on episodes. So I decided to share this one. <laughs> Everyone who's ever heard this story, let me demonstrate their reaction. They're like, oh, fuck. Oh man, that's fucked up. That's a reaction. So this is going to be you at the end of the episode. So also in this episode, you will hear my recent uh, details of my recent trip to Las Vegas. And also I'm going to share one of my best money saving hacks for those looking to save for their next trip. So before we get into it, I do need your help. I need you, the person listening to this right now, to go on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube, and give Two Beers Still Take Off a five-star rating and leave a comment if possible. You have no idea how much this is helpful and how helpful it is to grow the podcast. So it's a free way to support the show. Um, and I actually, don't know if you guys knew this, but you can actually do this while the episode is playing. So go on, go on and do it. I- I'm-, I'm timing you. <laughs> All right, so let's start with Vegas. I went to Vegas on a four-day trip uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Shout out to my boy, Sean, who's getting married this summer. And here is my honest feedback of Las Vegas. So Las Vegas was identified, I think, in one of the past episodes when we did top five best bachelor party destinations. Las Vegas was my one. And I'll be getting to the pros, but I'm going to start with the cons. Cons, Vegas, unfortunately, is, in my opinion, the biggest tourist trap I have ever encountered. If I'm kind of ranking it, it's like a Paris squared times Rome cubed is how bad fucking Las Vegas is in terms of tourist traps. So what I mean by tourist traps is, for example, we were on the strip going from casino to casino and there was like a pizza place, decided to stop and get a couple waters, you know, mix in a couple waters after a few days of drinking and water was like for three waters was 20 US dollars. Yeah. Anyway, so that kind of turned me off a little bit. Uh, another aspect of it is th- that's a con is that everybody is trying to fuck you over. The first Uber driver that we got on the way into the city told us Vegas operates by greasing the wheels. And just to give an example, like one of the boys was walking around the strip and then 
these two girls approached and were like, hey, let's get a picture. Let's get a picture. You know, that tourist trap of trying to get a picture with you. Anyways, they charged them 40 US dollars for two pictures. So that's the type of shit that you are to expect when you are on the strip. Be careful of this because this shit happens. Uh, another reason that's a con before we get to the pros is that beer is deadly fucking expensive. It's about 10 to 20 US dollars in bars and restaurants. And when I tell you this, or when I tell people this, they say, oh, well, like, you know, if you gamble, like while you're gambling, they bring you free alcohol. So I'll, I'll share, I guess, a bit of an exp- of my experience gambling. So while I was gambling, maybe two or three times people brought me uh, alcohol over. My conclusion is that you have to sh- gamble a shit ton to get some booze. So, for example, like I threw 20, 20 bucks in a slot machine. I had a couple minimum bets and then I mixed in a max bet. And all of a sudden I had like one spin left. After waiting, I guess like, I don't know, it was 20 minutes, I got a beer. So... You could say that I did get a beer out of gambling, but you know, it's, so it was 20 bucks and I got a free beer. Beer at the, the, on a casino in the strip is 15 US plus tips. So I guess it's, it's, it's expensive no matter what, even if you gamble, you, you know, the house always wins. So one of the other cons is, I guess, smoking indoors. It's, it's a pro if you're a smoker, but it's a con if you're not, because your clothes will smell like shit. And, um, yeah. So let's get to the pros. Let's stop being so fucking negative. So pros, it, it is Sin City. It's, I think it's the most perfect destination for a bachelor party. I think there's an unlimited amount of shit to do. If let's say that you are on a bachelor party or bachelorette party and you're bored or let's say you have a gap that hasn't been filled by activities already. I feel like you can just kind of walk down the strip or walk on Fremont Street and find some shit to do, whether that's go-karting you want to go see an extra show like we had a few areas that we weren't planning to do anything and on the whim the amount of shit that there is to see we were able to do like a couple more shows and also do like go-karting and other activities to fill the time on a whim so the amount of stuff that's available to you is a lot more than most destinations that you'll go to um Obviously, there's world-class entertainment. You know, they've got two sports teams, two uh, pro sports teams. They have the Las Vegas Raiders in football, and they have the Las Vegas uh, uh, Golden Knights in hockey. And uh, they've got magic shows, right? David Copperfield's there. They've got all sorts of music. Like when we were there, Adele was playing. And I mean, Adele on a bachelor party would have been sick, but... It was, it was honestly, it was like 300 US bucks to, 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 for like the shittiest seat to go see Adele. So maybe in another, uh, another time, but anyways, uh, all sorts of entertainment there. Like I said, um, another thing that I really appreciated from Las Vegas is how much the city has embraced hockey. Las Vegas Golden Knights were the first sports franchise in Las Vegas. And because of this, you see the Las Vegas Golden Knights logo everywhere. It's on license plates. It's on, you know, bar staff's shirts. It's, it's just, it seems like it's first to market. It's so embedded in the culture of Vegas, which I thought was really cool because I think a lot of new markets of, of hockey don't really adopt hockey that much. Las Vegas were lucky that the first year that they were actually in existence, they won the Stanley Cup, they won the championship. And I think that that's maybe why the city has gotten behind them so much. But I think it's really cool. We went to go see a game and it was actually really, really, really good experience. Um, 
we were in the seats or we were in the section where you get free unlimited beer and unlimited hot dogs, which was, which was really cool. And, uh, the only, the only, I guess, complaint I'd have from there is if you're looking to watch the game, it may be a little bit difficult because it is standing room only. So you might not get that great of a, of a view of the game, but if you're looking to go party, that is probably the best place in terms of getting free beer and free hot dogs. Um, Another pro of Vegas is that drinking in public is legal. It's it was beautiful. It felt, I felt like it was back in Europe. Uh, you know, it's it, not having been in Europe for a long time. It, it, it feels almost like illegal. You're just drinking. You're like, oh shit! Like I'm allowed to do this. This is fucking sweet. Drinking in public is my favorite thing to do. It is fun. Uh, the food in Vegas I thought was really good. We got a, a couple amazing, like, uh, we, we got a, an amazing Mexican food place. Also, uh, I realized that I would be fat if I lived in the U.S. Uh, your fast food makes Canadians, fast food tastes like dog food. Uh, like Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A uh, In-N-Out, fucking deadly, man. Like, it was definitely uh, underrated. I, I heard that they were good, but I thought that the Chick-fil-A chicken was maybe top three ever fast or uh, fried chicken I've ever had. So I, I was really big fan of them. Uh, another pro I'd say is Fremont Street. Fremont Street we'll get to in a little bit, but is definitely a place that you should check out earlier than later on your Las Vegas trip, I do believe. So I'm going to just talk about Las Vegas on a shoestring. For those who are looking to do it a bit cheaper, these would be my recommendations. So one, go during the week. Hotel prices are much higher on the weekend. So for example, on the strip, we paid anywhere from 30 to $70 during the week from like Wednesday to thir- Wednesday, Thursday. And then on Friday and Saturday, the prices of the hotel significant, significantly increase. You're looking at uh, $200 to $800 more per night. Um, I looked it up and there are a couple hostels uh, near the strip. There's one in particular that has pretty good ratings. I think it's Sin City Hostel. It's about forty to sixty dollars, so you might want to check how much prices are in the hotels first, because we actually paid less than what you'd pay in a hostel in the in the Wednesday Thursday that we were there. Uh, drink another thing to uh, to keep your trip cheap is drink in public as much as you can. After a couple days getting bent over by beer prices in Vegas, I just started carrying and concealing as many beers as possible. Like I had about, at one point I had six to nine beers in my jacket and pants. And uh, as long as you don't flaunt it in casinos, they won't stop you. Um, I always just had one or two beers visible and then I had the rest concealed. But yeah, as long as you're not going there with beers all over the place and just, yeah, just be, be smart about it and you can still do it in casinos. Uh, if you want to gamble, like I said, we were talking about Fremont Street. Go to Old Vegas, Fremont Street. There you can start with $5 tables, which will make your money go further. Uh, on the strip, you're looking at about $15 tables, so $15 minimum per bet. And that's going to ra- erode your, your cash flow like fuck because that's what happened to us. So had we started at Fremont, we probably would have gambled a little longer, maybe got a couple more beers and... From, from the casino, but yeah, that's probably one uh, one of the good ways to start. If you do want to gamble on the strip, we were, I guess a few locals told us about a spot called Ellis Island Casino. It's, it's uh, I'd say it's a bit more of a divey casino, 
but it's it's rate it's it's a walking distance to this from the strip and you do get better prices uh on the tables and it i don't know it just it just kind of felt like our home casino because we went there and there was like it just felt like that's where kind of the people from las vegas go to uh it, yeah I, I don't know how to describe it it was just like a little bit more relaxed than the other casinos less hectic and it just seemed like it was more I don't know, it was just felt like a home like a, like like a good spot if you want to just hang out and gamble a bit. There's a couple other activities. Great space for great space for uh, for breakfast, really cheap breakfast and affordable drinks and stuff like that. So that's definitely a place if you're looking to save some money, go to Ellis Island uh, Casino. For food, uh I would recommend to stay away from the celebrity chef restaurants and to stick to fast food, uh do the American way. Like for example, we went to the Guy Fieri uh, restaurant, which was really good. We got a, a burger, like a, a Kobe beef burger, and two beers, and it was seventy-five U.S. dollars. So be careful because the prices are a decent amount. Uh, a burger, for example, like at In-N-Out, like a fast food joint, and a beer from like a, my jacket, that's about ten U.S. dollars. So I can, I, I'd say, look to do the latter save a bit of money and arguably it's just as good animal style that shit and the fries and it's an american delicacy in my opinion in and out chick-fil-a fuck yes for entertainment for free entertainment actually i'd go to fremont street there's while we were there there was a bunch of concerts going on there's djs there's free just street performers uh there's there was like a country music show going on so i'd say just start there and you can get some some free shows, some free entertainment uh, at that spot. So all in all, Vegas was really good. I um, I wouldn't I would recommend to keep it under probably three days while you're there because, like I said, price they'll, they'll eventually get you with the prices, and it's a bit hectic after three days. But it's it's definitely a, a spot to check out, and um, it's it's <laughs> listen. It's it's well known as Sin City and it definitely lived up to the name. All right, so in terms of saving money, so we're living in a fucking expensive time. Inflation's through the roof, interest rates are super high, and you're looking to save for a trip, but your cash flow is getting eroded by these fucking $12 strawberries and $18 dozen of eggs. So my answer to this is you need to reduce your monthly perpetual bills, meaning the bills that you're always going to have to pay. So like your cell phone bills, internet bills, cable for the older folks, bank fees, etc. So I can help you save money in five easy steps. So the reason I'm able to help you is because in my younger days, I used to work in call centers. And here is how to finesse these companies and reduce how much you pay. So write this shit down and I promise you, you will save money on your monthly bills. So let's let's take for example uh, cell phone bills so this is especially important for Canadians because we pay the most for cell phone services in the world Europeans won't understand sh this shit because they pay like 15 euros a month for everything and everything's unlimited couldn't believe it when I was there it was is amazing so Canadians on average pay a hundred Canadian dollars per month. So that's 75 euros or 75 US dollars per month that we're paying every single month. So like I said, let's use cell phones as an example, how we can look to reduce our monthly costs for the services. 
we're using cell phones, but also you can apply this same tactic, these five, five steps to any other type of monthly service that you're incurring other than like fucking Netflix. But all right. So one, what you want to do is, like I said, we're taking cell phones. And as, as an example, we're looking, step one is to understand the market, research your phone providers plans, their new promotions. And also what's really important is to understand who their competitors are and what the competitors are offering. Step number two, prior to calling the call center, write down exactly what you want, what you're looking for. Do you want 5Gs? Do you want 10Gs? Do you want uh, unlimited data? Do you want you know international calling? Make sure you know what you want and then write down exactly every single thing and then set a price. Look at what everybody's offering. Look for Look for a ballpark number of what people are offering on their websites and then probably drop it down 20 bucks. Yeah, so twenty bucks is probably your, your your good point, but make sure also that it's a it's it's a fair price because there's still a business. <laughs> All right, step three: call your service provider. The first person you're going to speak here is considered a tier one agent. This person is the person that can do the least amount of stuff for you. The best they can probably do is knock five bucks off your bill. So don't waste your time here. Ask to speak to loyalty because you plan on canceling your plan. So loyalty's job is to try and to retain you as a client. It is so much more expensive for these companies to find new customers than it is to retain them. They don't know that you know this. So use this to your advantage. So that sometimes the tier one agents will try to limit the amount of people that go through to loyalty. So they sometimes will try to resolve the issue for you and they're trying to just get you off the line. So literally just keep saying, I want to speak to loyalty. I am not happy with my service and I want to cancel. Don't answer them. Just keep saying this and they will be forced to send you to loyalty. All right. So now that they've transferred you to loyalty, the land of opportunity, here is where you will save money. So tell the agent that you've been approached by a competitor, right? Sometimes they do cold call marketing and that they, you're looking to switch to their service due to them offering you a better deal. In this situation, I like to say something like I've been a loyal customer for the past X amount of years with your company and after looking at your website and you know after understanding what your competitor can offer me I do not feel like a valued customer and also if you say stuff like you're offering better deals to new clients or new customers and now I want to cancel my services because of this and go to a competitor this is where you have them where you want them so the loyalty agent, he'll ask you, all right, well, like, you know, this, this new deal with this new company, with our competitor, what are the details of the deal? Like, what are they offering you? How much is it? So this is where you go back to step one and tell them exactly what you've written down, right? You know, I want unlimited data. I want unlimited uh, na nationwide calls, unlimited text for $50 a month. Let's say this is key here. Loyalty people are expert bullshit readers. They can tell if you're lying. So if you don't fucking believe that this is true, they're going to just let you cancel. They're going to they're going to bullshit you and they're not they're not going to make this easy for you. So you really need to believe that this is true. <laughs> so the loyalty agent if they do believe you, they will, you know, try to negotiate something between what you were offered and what they can offer to you or if it's realistic, you'll be able to get what you want. What you want to do is just essentially in your mind, pretend like I'm, I'm canceling because I'm, I'm not getting a good deal. And this, this will definitely help you out. Loyalty, like for those who don't know, loyalty have a bunch of cell phone plans that are not available on the website. So just cause you see something on a, on the webs on their website, doesn't mean that it's not, there's not better plans available. 
So step five, reap the rewards. So even if you crush 20, 20, 20 bucks off your monthly bill, that's 240 bucks back in your pocket available to you on your next trip. And if you have any questions about this process, guys, shoot me a message and I'm, I'm happy to help. Before we get to story time, I just want to take a second here and, and get a little bit real. Um, we recently found out that a family friend uh, who has cancer uh, has six months to live. So I guess this is if... You know, if you're waiting for a, 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 a sign from universe to, to do kind of the things that you want in life, this might be it. Uh, if you're looking to go on that next big trip, if you're, you know, hesitating to, to, to do what you want to do in life, this is, this is a reminder that this is your life. This is, you know, if you want to do something or you want to change something, this is, this is the time to do it. So you never know when your last day's here. You never know when... When you might get that, you know, call from the doctor saying that you have six months to live. So this is a reminder to you guys, just if you want to fucking do something, do it because you never know. But anyway, so that's, let's get, let's, let's get to story time. So this story took place in Malta, the beautiful island nation in the middle of the Mediterranean who sees over 300 days of sun per year. It's a place that, uh, I, I found out about Malta. Uh, so I was in Poland. And my process when I was on my first backpacking trip back in 2012, I was in uh, Krakow, Poland. And essentially what I would do is the night before I was going to, or deciding to leave for somewhere, get my credit card out, have a couple drinks and use the Skyscanner app to find out where was the cheapest destination to fly from that next day. So like you could put in like just Krakow and leave the destination where you wanted to go to empty and just it would show you exactly all the, all the different flights leaving that next day to uh, to different destinations around the world. So I found Cyprus that was super cheap. Start looking around for, for some hostels around in Cyprus and I didn't really find anything cheap. I also read that there was a border through this other island nation that if you landed on one side of it, that you couldn't make it to the other sides or it was complicated to make it to the other side. So I was like, okay, let's, let's maybe look at somewhere else. And in that time, I guess in Poland, it was around April, April, 2012, and it was kind of cold. So I wanted something warm. So I was looking for Mediterranean destinations. So the next cheapest destination was Malta. And then I found this awesome hostel. And, uh, yeah, so I decided to go to Malta. That's how I ended up there. Yeah. So this story happened during my dumb young man days. And it, like I said, it's almost 12 years ago. It's fucking crazy. So one night in a hostel, a group of us decided to do a scavenger hunt. So like I said, in past episodes, you guys know that this is where the, the hostel Sid and I met. So Sid and I were on a team. So it was me, Sid, this Australian girl. And then there was uh, three French guys that were, we were, we were all just chatting and we we're like, let's do, let's, we should do a scavenger hunt. That'd be fun. And so for those who don't know what a scavenger hunt is, a uh, scavenger hunt is essentially, scavenger hunt is essentially where groups are given tasks to perform throughout a night out and whoever completes the most on that list wins. So we started listing some of the tasks for the night that we wanted to do, you know, just some fun things, how many points were going to be uh, associated with it, with each activity. And all, so we decided that all these activities needed to be recorded because, you know, if you're doing this in teams, sometimes the teams will separate and we don't know if they've actually completed them. We didn't really know these French guys. So we're like, Hey, like we, we gotta, we gotta make sure that these are true. And we put a bit of money on the, the scavenger hunt to make it a little bit more exciting. So, uh, and yeah, so 
I'm going to tell you about this story. Uh, all the videos or most of the videos are going to be put out on the YouTube episode. So just FYI, if you do go to YouTube, YouTube, this is a good time to switch over there. If you're not already listening on YouTube and to uh, check it out because all the videos will be there. I'll still tell you what happened. So on the audio version, but yeah, YouTube is for the full version. So our scavenger hunt list started with some things like propose to a stranger, turn the TV off in a crowded sports bar, plank on the sign, like one of the main signs in the town that we were in, you know, anybody, anybody remember fucking planking? Uh, switch pants with a stranger, steal food off someone's plate, pour a beer over your teammate's head. And like, you know what, it was all like these fun things that, you know, are fairly tame, but you know, are entertaining. And, and then we went to the hostel's common room and we asked some other people that weren't playing like, Hey, like we know we're, we're explaining kind of the premise of what's going on. We were doing the scavenger hunt and we're looking for some other ideas of things we should do. And, uh, that's where shit got a little bit crazy. So here were some of their ideas. Pee in a club, hug a bum, extinguish a cigarette on your tongue, kiss a stranger's ass, drink five shots of tequila, eat your own puke, go streaking while singing We Are The Champions, jump in the sea naked, and one of the more crazy ones, be on fire. Yeah, be on fire. So each team also had two open slots and where we could do anything uh, we wanted. And then we would have like an independent person, like we had the the hostel owner, he'd be the judge the next day on how many points that was worth. So before we set off, each team had like their official videographer. And like I said, we put a bit of money on on the the scavenger hunt just to make it interesting. I think it was like 10 euros each, but when you're a backpacker, 10 euros is, you know, a couple meals. So anyways, we're walking down towards the bar area to where we're going to do our scavenger hunt. And one of the French guys decides to really set the tone. So while we're walking, it's night, the guy walks on his on a cockroach. We hear the crunch, the guy gets down, picks up the fucking cockroach and eats it. So it was at that point that I was like, this is going to be a monumental night and probably one that I'll be recounting on a podcast one day. So here we are. Uh, anyway, so the next day, both teams completed most of the tasks and the, for the two open slots, like I said, the French guys ate a cockroach and I think they had a girl kick the guys in the balls or something like that. And we, well, I guess I pierced a man's ear with the Australian girl's earring, the girl who was on my team. So there was a random Latvian man that was not even in the scavenger hunt. And he just, we were just telling him about it. And he's like, oh yeah, let, like pierce my ear. So I have, so let's play the video of the fucking me piercing a guy's ear. All right. So, so we, so that's how that happened. And then, uh, we don't have video of this one, but, uh, one of, our team members decided to go on a joyride with one of the cars that they found. Uh, all I can say is that it was not me. But anyways, so because of that, uh, we ended up winning the scavenger hunt. The hostel owner determined that we had some of the crazier of the two open slot things. So ladies and gentlemen, this is only the lead up to the craziest story you've ever heard. Shit is about to get fucking disturbing. So fast forward to the next night, the French guys are livid that they've lost. We are, you know, we're behind the hostel having a dart and we're talking shit to them, me and Sid, and reminding them that the, the French guys lost, you know, flashing the 10 that we've made off each of those boys. And then um, the the axe body spray that we used to set ourselves on fire is still there, still outside. 
And one of the French boys grabs it and he starts, you know, playing around and he's like, ah, like, check it out. Like he's shirtless. He's like, ah, like, like, check it out. I got a bit of chest hair. So he's decides to put or to light his chest hair on fire. And then once it goes out, he decides to do it again because there's still a bit of chest hair left. And then uh, at this point, this is where testosterone and alcohol are starting to mix again. And then I decide that I can't just let this French guy one-up us. So I was like, all right, you want to do your chest hair? I'm going to do my arm. So I do my arm, catch his fire. And then I said, fuck it, let's do it again. So I do it again. Things goes up in flames and it smells like fucking burnt hair everywhere. And then one of the French guys points to the other guy who, or one of his team members has a really hairy chest. And after I did my arm, he's like, Victor, lève ton chandail guy lifts his shirt puts axe on it and it fucking engulfs in flames and at this point i'm like all right well you guys want to do that well i'm gonna do my ass not my proudest moment but uh so in this video obviously can't share this because uh it's nudity on so in the video my ass is on fire and it's on fire for like five seconds which doesn't sound long but yeah it's long when you're dealing with fire so, uh, like I said, I can't put this on YouTube, but it will be on Patreon for those who are looking to see it. All right, so now this is the part that's a little fucked up. So now we're with a group of people from the hostel walking to Patchaville, the bar district. And the French guys were pissed because one, we beat them the night before in the scavenger hunt. And two, I just went up them by lighting my ass on fire. So this is where they did. they decided to do something fucked up. It's so fucked up that it is still, to this day the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. All right, so here it is. So while we're walking, and, and like I said, nobody asked for this. It just fucking happened. So we're walking on a street to the bars near where that guy stepped on the cockroach and ate it. And yeah, the what, what this happened here, I can't post the video on here because like I said, I'll get banned on YouTube, but it will be available on Patreon. So here's what happened. So last warning, if you're easily grossed out, one of the French guys was decided to start peeing and another one of the French guys got on his knees and drank the guy's pee straight from the fucking source and then he gurgled it. Yeah, so you can just imagine people were just like yelling and like in horror of what they're witnessing. It was, we were just like, oh my God, this is the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my life. It was so fucked up that like my whole team, me, Sid and the Australian girl, gave them back their money and said, you guys are fucked. Don't talk to us ever again. <laughs> but the most fucked up thing is that we actually saw those guys later on that night. And the guy who got his mouth peed in was making out with this girl on the dance floor. <laughs> so I guess motto of the story is you really do not know what was in the mouth of the random girl or guy you made out with at that bar. And also that the French are fucking insane. Holy fuck. Yeah. Anyways, I just uh, thought I'd leave you with that little story. And uh, I guess we'll catch you next week. <laughs> A reminder to rate the show five stars if you can, and that the uh, videos of uh, the, the scavenger hunt, except for a couple of them, are on YouTube, and that the X-rated ones are on Patreon. <sighs> yeah, that fucking happened. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll see you next week.
I'm Phil, and it was nice to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Two Beers Till Takeoff. Do you want free additional content or just to stay connected with the show? Then give us a follow on our social media platform. That means TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Are you in need of podcast production services, video editing, or anything in between? Then look no further than Strut Sound Productions, the official producer of the Two Beers Till Takeoff podcast. Music produced by Alex Gagne. Check out his work in our show notes. Voiceover done by Viking Leo K. See you next week week on two beers till takeoff.